blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. Good day, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's greet our Lord with a sign of the cross in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, strengthen of those who hope in you, graciously hear our pleas and sins without any mortal frailty can do nothing. Grant us always the help of your grace. That in following your commands, we may please you by our resolve and our deeds. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For those of you who are joining us online, uh, let me introduce the readings for this uh, coming Sunday. The first reading is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 19, verses 2 to 6a. The second reading is from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 5, verses 6 to 11. And the gospel is the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 9, verses 36, chapter 10, verses 8. And we will start with the first reading. A reading from the book of Exodus. In those days, the Israelites came to the desert of Sinai and pitched camp. While Israel was encamped here in front of the mountain, Moses went up the mountain to God. Then the Lord called to him and said, Thus shall you say to the houses of Jacob, Tell the Israelites, You have seen for yourselves how I treated the Egyptians and how I bore you up on eagle wings and brought you here to myself. Therefore, if you hearken to my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my special possession, dearer to me than all other people, though all the earth is mine. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. In the first reading, God is telling Moses just how how precious the people are. Well, God commanded Moses to remind the Israelites how they had been cared for. All this so that they could be God's own, a special treasure, dearest on earth to him. Then God explain, explains that none of this is just for themselves. They are God's chosen because what they are to become for others, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. As beloved of God, they are responsible to make present to the rest of the world. For me, I would um, bring up the question of why didn't God speak directly to the people? Why did he ask Moses to pass on his word? So I think for, for us, 
is very, very meaningful because um, uh, in, in those days, people were afraid of God. Yes. Yeah, and therefore they they are not they 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 did not want to hear directions from God, and so that probably is the reason why. Okay, God uh, spoke to chosen selected ones. So the, I, I suppose this must be the what we call the tradition of um, prophets. Prophets were spokesmen of God. So that probably highlight his role as the spokesman of God. And it's very meaningful for us Christians nowadays because all of us, uh, through our baptism, we partake in the three uh, well, uh, threefold ministry of, of Christ, king, prophet, and priest. So we, all of us, were, I mean, all of us, when we were baptized, we are also prophets. Uh, of course, nowadays people are not afraid of God because, you know, for them, they only believe in sciences and they seldom think of God. So God, most of them would find God a bit irrelevant. So our job as a prophet would be a little bit different from the job of Moses because Moses just make use of the authority of God and then pass on his words, that would be one way of doing that. But for us, I think we need to think of um, another way, more appropriate to modern times. Yeah. For me, yes. Yes. Like, for me, it's more of, uh, before he uh, was said, they are a stiff-necked people. Oh, yeah, so, of course. So I think God cannot really penetrate the minds of the Israelites so he has to have another person, Moses and I agreed with your priestly prophet king mm -hmm. when we were baptized we have these three and for me Moses as a priest because what is a priest do? not the yeah, ministerial priest no? but as a priestly people as a priest what will you do? you you offer, offer sacrifice, yes, offer sacrifice you pray God. for the people, you are like the mediator, God. And so Moses is mediating the people, the Israelites, with God. Or maybe God is such an abstract idea to the people that they yeah. need someone like Moses to bring the word to them. But you said people were, I think, probably, they not only fear, but maybe just not a, an understanding of what God really is and what his intentions are. But often you fear what you don't know. And Moses was able to be that conduit, God's word to the people. But I always wonder, not to, maybe this is a stupid question, but why are the Israelites God's chosen people? <laughs> Sorry. That's no, this is, this is a good question. Actually, in the, in the book of Deuteronomy, I, I think it should be last week, uh, the, the reading, it's all, it made use of Deuteronomy. However, we only read the first part right, and, yeah. and then we skip the second part. Yeah. yeah. And the answer lies there. Okay. Okay. God said, okay, you are not the most numerous people. Right. However, because of my pledge to your ancestors, Abraham, Abraham yeah. and Isaac, and he was numerous as stars yeah. in the sky and the sands. And the, right. And all because of that, because of the trash he made, and 
Therefore, God honors his own word uh, because uh, fidelity is a mark, faithfulness, yes. you know, is, is an accent of God. So God keeps his faithfulness and therefore they became the chosen people. The Israelites were proud of being the chosen people. Hey, look at our ancestors. Wow, our ancestors are wonderful. We are not wonderful. Our ancestors are wonderful. That's good enough. <laughs> right. And and I I, I think the, the Jewish people is they, they are really very, very good. Even though the Bible described them as sleep neck night. However, they dare to challenge God. And this is something really lovely in the sense that you know they're very representative of human nature. Yeah. They're very very true, very genuine. Yes. Our relationship. Yeah. Very human. <laughs> yeah. Even nowadays. <laughs> yeah. So I think um despite the fact that uh, the first chosen race was the Israelites, I think we will then transition to the gospel. Oh yeah. Uh, Jesus yeah. then tells us that we are all chosen right. and have responsibility. Okay, right. Reading from the Holy Gospel, according to Matthew. At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved to with pity for them, because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So as the master of the harvest, Send out laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned his uh, twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, called Peter, and his brother, Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother, John, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the sons of Elvis, and Thetus, Simon, from Macana, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sends out his twelve after instructing them thus, Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As we go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. With the cause you have received, with the cause you are to give. The gospel of the Lord. Praise the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. The first impression that, that uh, strikes me would be um, that the words is Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. Why? Because um, these same what should I say, this same sentence was made use of by Mark. However, Mark made use of this sentence to introduce the miracle of five loaves and two fish. Right. All right. Remember that well. Yes. However, here it's different. Uh, suddenly, Matthew switched to 
another quotation, which says, okay, the uh, harvests are, are abandoned, but the laborers are few. Now, that one is, is another context. Mm -hmm. So, why is it uh, like that? And then, what actually did Jesus say? Uh, how is it that, so, I mean, where did Jesus say the sentence? In the sense that, okay, uh, uh, moved with pity for them because they were children and then like she without a shepherd. So, I mean, this is the, the first things that attract my attention and I rack it in my brain. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, the, the evangelist, the, the, the author of the Gospels, they make use of, okay, some key uh, phrases to introduce an incident. And then in this case, uh, Matthew introduced another one, but he, he jumped immediately to the... Uh, the harvest is abandoned, which is another context. Or yeah, but it, I think it does refer to the same idea. There are so many people troubled and lost with other shepherd. So there's a lot of work for, you know, the shepherds or the apostles or disciples to go out and help and mm -hmm. spread God's word. And so um, in, the, in the situation, so, I mean, in the hand of, of Mark, he talks about the five loaves and two fish, right. to, you know, Stop their immediate problem. Yeah, yeah. problem. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, in the case of Matthew, I mean, he, it, it seems that he he doesn't care that much about those hungers. I mean, physical hunger. Well, he's about talking him. about spiritual hunger. Exactly. Probably. So it shows the, the difference between the two of them. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so Mark he tried to build up an image of an a. Uh, a, a, a Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, he is um, very active, powerful, and then he takes into action, you know, very quickly to deal with people's problem. Whereas for for Matthew, he's different. He cares more about the church, mm. the group, the community. So he would look beyond the physical needs of of bread. You know, Strings and you know, hunger and all these things, then he talks. He will care more about the spiritual needs of the people. And okay, so you see, we're we're in need of of laborers to uh, take care of to yeah. the the people of God. I think Jesus is still starting his ministry, right. and he feels already. He is sent by God, but mm. he has to share this. He cannot do it all. So right. that is why he called, he has been, <clears throat> he said, many things to do. So oh, you yeah. need laborers. <clears throat> In fact, the next is the calling no, of the 12 apostles. Yeah, the name is of apostles. It's more of sharing the mission he has. Yeah, actually, Luke also quoted this uh, verse talking about um, the labor, uh, well, the, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. The yeah. same. Luke also quoted this. And then he also talks about the commission of, but not the 12, but the 70. You know, in the gospel of Luke, okay, Jesus sent out 70 disciples to okay. go ahead of him. 
And, and in that case, look, make use of this, this, um, uh, as a kind, this phrase as a kind of introduction into the narrative of sending the 12 I million, mean, the 70 disciples away. Uh, well, un unfortunately, in the case of Mark, he didn't make use of this. The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. No, that does not appear in the Gospel of Mark. So to a certain extent, I mean, in this particular passage really um, focus, you know, immediately focus to the um, the question or let's say the issues of vocation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course, usually we will have the, the, the what the fourth Easter Sunday as the vocation mm -hmm. Sunday, Kosher <laughs> Sunday. We read other passages. However, this one also reminds us of, of that need. Yeah. But going back to your point, saying you said Mark was more concerned about the immediate needs of hunger, right? Mm. Or maybe because until you feed someone, they may not be able to go to the next step to, you know, understand God's words or works. You know, it's like, remember, in China, when the missionaries <laughs> went to China, they were called rice bowl Christians. You know, you had to feed them first before they would listen. Mm. Right? People do things yeah. different ways. Yeah, but that, I think it depends on the judgment sure. of those ministers. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Some of them will say, okay, we need to take care of the immediate needs. needs okay, we yeah. cannot afford to to, uh, right. to see them starve to death. I mean, exactly. this is more urgent, so we need to take care yeah, of them. And then needs. worry about the rest. And then gradually, okay, step by step, yeah. okay, we can take care of their spiritual needs. needs. Yeah, give them the the good news and, and these things. Okay, when we go to the next page, we see that, you know, we have what well, Jesus instructs the, the 12 apostles, cure the sick, no problem. Mm -hmm. Cleans lepers, no problem. Drive of demons, no problem. But how do the apostles raise the dead? Right. Ah, of course, I mean, in the Exodus apostles, they we have, have such, such cases. Yeah, yeah, we do have that. What about nowadays? I mean, God, I mean, Jesus' word should be eternal. It applies to all ages. So how are we going, I mean, the church, how is the church going to raise the dead in the modern context? How do we understand? Have you seen the movie a long time ago? <laughs> dead man walking. Oh, yeah, dead man walking. We have many dead people. Yeah, right, walking the earth. No, no hope, no life. That's right. It is here that those who are called, all baptized, are all called no, to be yeah, priest, to be a king, or vocation. It's our even if we are not priest or religious, mm -hmm. you no, know, as a baptized person, we receive the sacraments, confirmation. I think it is our call. We are we are called and we are sent mm -hmm. to to help those who are dead. Yes. And many are many all around. No? Yeah. You just do not see I mean, the, 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 the life seems to be listless, no purpose, yeah. no meaning. Yeah. Right. Good. Thanks very much. I mean, yes, we, we need like to, 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 uh, so you know. to see how many people need a listening ear. Yeah. Just be there. And after that, Actually, they don't need my advice. <laughs> Just if you listen, you will feel good. Especially in, in this age, 
know, what the pandemic showed us, mm-hmm. how many lost and lonely people there are. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So I think this is a good time to transition to the practicalities uh, through understanding of the uh, second reading. Uh, we heard in the first reading, Moses uh, described the Israelites as a chosen. In the Gospel according to Matthew, Deacon shared with us his focus on spreading the chosen people meeting the spiritual needs of the people. And then, then we just heard uh, from Sister, uh, a lot of people now in the modern context is spiritually dead. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is very um, timely that we hear about this uh, gospel. Mm-hmm. But then, then this all flows back to, um, you know, we, we think that we go out there and we have to profess, we have to do all these things. You know, we had to put aside our own needs and our own desires uh, as a sacrifice. But guess what? Who sacrificed for us first? <laughs> a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, brothers and sisters. Christ, while we were so helpless, yet died at the appointed time for, an un- for the ungodly. Indeed. Only with difficulty does one die for a just person, though perhaps for a good person, we might even find courage to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we are now justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath? Indeed, if we were enemies, we would reconcile to God through the death of his son, how much more, once reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Not only that, but we also boast of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. So the death of Christ uh, for the sake of mankind Paul stresses that Christ's actions were utterly undeserved and completely unmerited by the sinful and ungodly human race, as you heard in the reading. They are a result of God's love for the fallen fallen humanity and really an expression of God's unconditional grace and love. A deep love and concern for one another leads to sacrifices. Jesus was the first to offer the sacrifice on our behalf and therefore it sets an example for us all. Remember, it was compassion that moved Jesus to cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. His choice to die for the ungodly was, a compa- was compassion in action. So he did it first. Christ's death and reconciliation to the people of God is a is it implies a fundamental change in relationships. No longer are we sinners with God, but we are truly reconciled. We are not uh, aliens. We are now fellowship and heart in harmony with Christ. So now that we are justified, we are in harmony with Christ. We are chosen. We should go forward and take advantage of this new relationship with Christ and spread the good news. 
So now we open it up for uh, meditations and questions uh, for those uh, in the room as well as those online. Yeah, so is anything you'd like to share on, on, on Paul's uh, letter? Well, I, I mean, just simply as really a profound letter because, you know, it, we never stop to think that, you know, Christ, the ultimate sacrifice was done to save us before we had had, we really didn't know that. So, I mean, you know, I never stopped to think of that. That's so true. I mean, that, yeah. it's, it's just incredible. And as I say, you know, once you, you know, he did that without our really even knowing who Christ is. Hmm. That should make us all stop and think, you know, how we should treat others. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, um, Edifying to, yeah. to read uh, Paul's letter, especially when he says, uh, "When the when uh, at, at the appointed time, you know, uh, yes. you die for the ungodly." And Paul, I mean, it's very profound because Paul was one of you know member. He was at first so anti the teachings of Christ, <laughs> yeah. that about to persecute people. Yeah, yeah. So and it was probably very profound to him. Uh, yeah, he can he can see it yeah. very clearly because he understands as a Pharisee, he understands very right. well that it is impossible to to stand upright before God to be justified before God. You can never do enough right in order to obtain justification. That's the reason why he used the word ungodly to describe right sinners. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just to die for the unjust, to die for the ungodly is oh, lovely. Here is the, really, I mean, if I will like summarize it, it's here. Love, one Jesus, <laughs> God loved us. Yes. And then still we are weak, we are sinners, and he chose us, called us. Never gave up on us. Never gave up on us. And still, he sent us for a mission. And so, it's like, can we, uh, can I really, like Jesus, no, feel that compassion? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Will I, when I go? It's really demanding. Yeah. Well, I think um, demanding is a good word because uh, I think that's the point of the second reading. Uh, Christ and Paul saying that to do God's will, to do God's work, it's not meant to be easy. Uh, it needs, we need to sacrifice. We need to put our, our own priorities aside. But Christ did it first. Yeah. Uh, the second thing that also comes to mind is, um, if you look at it from a very uh, pragmatic perspective, you know, original sin was not all personal fault, but it was Adam and Eve. So how does this have to do with uh, our salvation? But if you think about it from this perspective, every time you go to you sin, you go to, you go to confession, you are immediately reconciled to God, mm. and that grace is a direct reconciliation of your of atonement of your sins, and it's not because of Adam and Eve; it's because of yourself. And you go to confession, and you are reconciled. So in that way, I think it's very beautiful. Mercy. We experience mercy. So we will be able to 
give mercy, compassion. Hopefully. Hopefully. You know, I, I think Paul is different in the sense that he knows very well that simply with our own effort, humanity is very fragile and it's yes. impossible for us to um, be able to achieve justification and salvation ourselves. Uh, however, nowadays, people believe in themselves. They believe that they are able to do it. So they, they do not think along the line of, of Paul. And it goes back to the gospel. The gospel said, the last verse said, without cause you have received. Yes. But this, this is important because we contribute zero. We contribute nothing to our um, our own redemption, our own justification. And then, because we are not able to repay the debt, okay, now, God reconciled with us, God forgives all our debts. We didn't pay a single cent of that. So this is what Jesus meant by without cost. Mm. I, I think what we need is to be able to see this point that, I mean, yeah, unless, unless we're able to, to, to understand, to see that we are not able to do anything for our own um, salvation, for our own improvement, etc. Uh, however, nowadays, uh, through the advanced technological advancements, scientific, you know, advancements, men believe more and more in themselves. <laughs> to a certain extent, it seems to be that it's a kind of temptation and then blindness of our inadequacy and, and makes, you know, God's words irrelevant to them. They, they don't believe in that because they think they are able to handle it themselves. Mm. So that's the big problem. And even, I mean, when, I, when you read the, the, the parable of the prodigal son, mm. even the, the, the younger son, right. he said, I will be your servant. What does that mean? So he, he, he himself, I mean, at that point, he still believes that with his own effort, he's able to win his own bread, his own living. The father will say, no, 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 no. Okay. Take care of all the rest of things. You're not able to earn it. Still give it. So that's the meaning of without cause, you have received. I hope you know more people will be able to, to appreciate this point. Yeah. Yeah. And then that would be the starting point of the um, accepting Jesus as the, the Lord and the Savior. And um, any sharing or meditation from our participants online? So uh, if there isn't, then I think uh, what Deacon mentioned at the very end is great food for meditation. I think we take on too much onto ourselves. We think that we can do it all, but God is asking us to carry, um, to follow him, to put our responsibilities uh, aside and leave it with him and just be the sheep of his flock. So with that, uh, yeah, actually, I would like to say a few words more. It's yes. about, you know, yesterday, right? It's the 
Yesterday? No. Yes. Yesterday. 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 The, um, the feast of, no, no, the feast of the sacred heart, heart. Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So Jesus said, again, it is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, he said, no, my burden is light. So take on my burden. Learn from me. Wow. Yeah. And then I, I will give you rest. <laughs> That's really Beautiful. I think a lot of people say, no, 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 I will do it. I can do it. I'm, I can manage it. And then she said, no, they take on my burden. Maybe. So she just sees everything. Okay, let's begin. All right. So we are his people, the sheep of his flock. Sing joyfully to the Lord all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. His we are. His people, the flock he tends. The Lord is good. His kindness endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. The Lord be with you. And May the merciful and almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.